0: Hi everyone, thanks for tuning this episode of the Nick Egan Times. On this episode we have an incredible guest, we have Hannah Fiera. Hannah is an Australian reality TV personality and is a cruise director on the show The Rural Love Boat, which is airing on Network 10 weekly on Wednesday nights at 8.30pm. Welcome Hannah and thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Hi, how are you going?
0: I'm incredible, thank you. How are you going?
1: I'm good, thank you. And it airs Wednesday and Thursday. You get it twice a week at 8.30. Oh, there
0: you go. You get a double whammy. <laughs> um, you got married earlier than you. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it was very um, busy and rushed. We kind of decided uh, that because my husband's mother was in Australia from Scotland that we were going to get married while she was here. So it was a very rushed affair, but um, got there in the end.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations. That's incredible. Thank um, you. All right. Let's just jump straight into it. Take us back. Tell me about your family, your life growing up in Australia and what that was like.
1: Um, so I had quite an unusual upbringing I was brought up on a very small island about an hour north of uh Sydney in Australia there was like no cars um no television so it was a very um a lot of artists a lot of musicians so it was a very different childhood than than most people but um yeah it was amazing I still go down there now my mom still lives there so um yeah definitely shaped in a lot of ways who I am today. So. yeah, I often think sometimes with the little one, you know, she's got a very nice lifestyle. I'm like, oh, I kind of wish in some ways I was bringing you up on a little island with nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very impressive. Um, tell me, how did you get started in um, the TV uh, industry and obviously reality TV? How did that all start?
1: So I was working on super yachts for six years um, in the Mediterranean and I decided I wanted to do something different. So I went across to the States and I did, um, I was working on a boat over there and then I decided I didn't like that. So I decided to just have the summer off and then kind of be done with yachting. And that's when I was approached by Bravo for, um, below deck Mediterranean. And I kind of just thought it was like a fun, interesting kind of way, I guess, to leave yachting. And, um, and then, yeah, I think probably around the same time I was screaming at the chef with red lipstick on and <laughs> they decided that they might keep me on for a few more seasons.
0: Fantastic. Um, tell me about the Jenny Craig campaign um, and everything that relates to that. How has that journey been?
1: So it was really interesting, actually, because um, I had, you know, Ava was about just over a year old um, when I partnered up with Jenny Craig and I had tried to kind of lose the weight before but I think it's so different when you're a new mum because before Ava it was like you know I would put on like a kilo or two over Christmas and then I'd lose it really easily but I'd never had a situation where I had like a big chunk of weight to lose um, so I, I didn't know kind of how to do it, where to start. And every time I kind of started on my own, I was failing. So that's when I partnered up with Jenny Craig and they really, um, they've got a great system where you have like a coach who you're dealing with every week. So you're kind of being held accountable. Um, I was very honest with my coach. So if I'd had like maybe an event and I'd had like too much wine or something that week, I would just be honest with her and communicate and, um, the you know i kind i really was so nervous about the food itself um, but it was actually really good, you know, obviously it's portion controlled. So it's a little bit of getting used to it at the start, but, um, yeah, I lost, I think I've lost like 12 kilos now all up. So, which is like 26, 27 pounds. So it was amazing. And it's staying off, which is the most important thing. I think it's so easy sometimes to lose the weight, but then when you start integrating your normal life back into it, you know, you just put it back on and that hasn't happened. So that's been amazing.
0: That's marvellous. Well done. That's a lot of weight. So, yeah, that's incredible. Um, and that's the Max Up program, is that right?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Okay, cool. And um, how would you, what would you say to recommend that to people? If they were to go on it, um, what would you say?
1: I would say, like, I was very nervous because I'm one of those, I'm kind of a bit of a perfectionist. So if I do something, I want to... You know, do well at it, um, but I think with this sort of thing, like you can, you can just do the best you can, and it's such an amazing formulated program that you're, you know, kind of guaranteed to be successful at it if you follow it, you know, to a T. So, I would just say, like, there's obviously always, you know it's the same thing with like losing weight quitting smoking um you know going traveling there's always like reasons to not do it but the best thing is to just like basically start now like it's just good to just throw yourself into it do it a hundred percent and and just start otherwise you're always going to find a reason not to
0: tremendous all right um tell me about the new tv show um the real love boat that's obviously on Wednesday and Thursdays, as you mentioned earlier. Tell me about that and what that experience is like.
1: So it was fantastic. Obviously, I did Below Deck Mediterranean for five years um, and I guess I was just waiting for something to kind of come along that, made sense. That made sense to me, that made sense to my family, that made sense to the audience at home. Um, And so when I started chatting with Eureka, who's the production company about The Real Love Boat, it was just this like amazing marriage that just works. You know, I was back on a, albeit a lot bigger boat in the Mediterranean, but I kind of play matchmaker with my friends at home. So actually being able to Um, do it for a job was amazing and uh, the cast is fantastic you know I think that a lot of times with shows like The Bachelor and Love Island it's like you kind of watch it and it's entertaining but you don't feel like it's like real people whereas I feel like they've really cast real people in this show and I think that's really refreshing.
0: Wow that's awesome. And what are the um, highlights on it and uh, I guess something of the experience that has really resonated with yourself and what you think would resonate with people watching it?
1: So the one thing that I really enjoyed, especially watching the first few episodes, is that they have kept it real. So I feel like, you know, The Bachelor, for example, is just such a well-polished Show It's very well oiled, you know, we've done it a million times, so they know exactly what they're doing. But because this was a first season, it was a lot of fun to make because it was complete kind of mayhem and hectic, but I really enjoy that kind of side of things. Um, And then watching it, I really like that they've kind of respected the audience in a way where you go... We all know that there's cameras there. We all know a show's being made. So why not actually leave in kind of the funny bloopers and the things that go wrong and all of that side of thing, which is actually really hilarious when you're at home watching it. So I really enjoy that kind of differentiator with The Real Love Boat.
0: Extraordinary. Thank you for sharing that. Tell me, what what inspires uh, Hannah Daly? What, What motivates you?
1: Um, So it's definitely changed a lot in the past few years. I always, um, you know, beforehand, before my daughter, I was always saving. So I've been saving for about 10, 12 years because I always knew I wanted to buy a house in Sydney. And I don't know if you know anything about the Sydney property market, but that's a very difficult thing to do.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) I think it's like the second or third most expensive city in the world. Um, so it was always money and travel before. And if I could do the two things at the same time, then that was me happy. Um, so that's kind of, you know, my my aim to like stay in yachting and to stay doing Below Deck Mediterranean was those two things. Um, but now it's definitely changed. It's just all about my daughter now. So she's um, she's turning two later this month. She's an absolute menace. Um, But, like, my whole life now is just based around, you know, her making her happy and just enjoying the time that I have with her because it does, you know, everyone kind of was on my socials when I first had her going like, it goes so quick, it goes so quick. I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like, you know those first six weeks lasted like six months, but then it does start going really quickly and you've got to just kind of love and appreciate every moment and really be present, you know, because I feel like, especially in today's day and age, it's like so tempting, especially when you do like a job like mine with social media and stuff. It's very tempting to be, you know, kind of sitting there on your phone, scrolling the whole time. But I have... Um, kind of times where like you know on a Sunday afternoon I'll set her up with the paddling pool and the sprinkler and I put music on and then I just leave my phone inside so that I'm just present with her and I think that's probably the most important thing at the moment especially with how old she is.
0: Awesome if there was I guess one take out or um yeah one point that you could look back prior to having um Ava is it Ava it's Ava? Yes. Oh, there you go. Um, How would you, how would you, I guess, describe it in one point that's changed you as a person having over?
1: I guess, um, if I'm completely honest, I was always, I've always been about looking after myself, protecting myself, setting myself up for my future, and always. You know, I feel like there's nothing wrong and I feel like not too many people like like to say it, but I've always put myself first, um, whether I'm in a relationship or anything like that, because I do, you know, feel like you need to take care of yourself before you can kind of take care of others. And I think the biggest thing now would be that I am just like not very, I'm not on my priority list anymore.
0: <laughs> it's <just about> her. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's great. Thank you for sharing. Um, You've got your own podcast, um, Dear Reality Your F. Talk to me about that and what inspired you to create your own podcast?
1: Um, So I think what inspired me to to create the podcast was I just have this, you know, the Bravo universe is they're very, it's almost like cult-like, like they're very, their fans and then their fans for life. And I obviously knew like season five of Blow Deck Med hadn't aired yet, but I obviously knew what was going to happen. So my podcast was really a way to kind of stay in touch with my fans, be able to, um, you know, have a platform to kind of speak to people, interview people. I'm a massive like Bravo fan myself. So I watch like all the Housewives, Southern Charm, Vanderpump Rules. Like, so it was, it's just like a fun, lighthearted. I don't do the whole like kind of trying to corner people into saying things they don't want to say or say salacious gossip or get headlines. It's very light. It's very fun. I'm actually recording the first episode of season three after this and we've got a completely new format uh, because I did some kind of research I guess through socials about what people wanted from season three of the podcast so I've really kind of I've had some time off um, while I was filming and then after after filming to really kind of have a think about where I want to go with season three Um, so I'm really excited about the new format and um, yeah I'm hoping the audience likes it.
0: Brilliant, well done. Um, all right, tell me tell me where where do you want to take your future as well? Obviously, you know, um you're very well known, I guess, in social media and you've got a lot of fans and where where do you see yourself and I guess your career wanting to go?
1: So I would like I guess my kind of end goal is hosting. So I really enjoyed um, obviously working on The Real Love Boat was such a different experience than working on Below Deck Mediterranean. And I really enjoyed um, the kind of hosting side of things. But I think my kind of sweet spot is finding a hosting job where you're also allowed to bring in your own personality. You're allowed to kind of be having a conversation with people and then go, this is where I think the conversation should go. So that kind of sweet spot between like, I don't want the kind of fully scripted hosting, but I really enjoyed being on that side of the show. So I think, yeah, that would definitely be like my ideal job.
0: Well, I definitely believe that will happen for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, Tell me, you stopped, you suffered from anxiety previously and that obviously, I guess, took a toll. How would you describe that experience and what would you, more importantly, I guess, what advice would you give to any human being that's going through that and um, that obviously is doing it tough and suffers from anxiety? Uh, Yeah, what advice would you give them and, yeah, what was the experience for yourself, like, personally taking away from it?
1: Yeah. So I think that um, my biggest advice is, like, I still do it to this day and that is that, like, Obviously, you know, like for example, I had like a horrible virus and tonsillitis last week. So my body shut down, couldn't move, had to stay in bed, had to get, (coughs) excuse me, had to get my husband to like kind of take over with Ava and things like that. And I feel like when you're um, sick in terms of like something physical like that, that actually shuts your body down, you do take the time and you do do what you need to do to get better. And I feel like with mental health, because it's not something, you know, like tonsillitis or glandular fever or COVID or something that you can kind of put that name to it and go like, I now need to take a week in bed to recover. A lot of people just try and push it down. And that's, I find with myself and my own anxiety that creates like such a bad spiral because you're not looking after yourself, you're not taking the time you need and asking for the help that you need in order to get better and because you're not getting better, then you're spiralling and you can then, you know, anxiety can then lead on to depression and things like that. So I think the most important thing when you are having anxiety is asking for help, being really kind to yourself and not beating yourself up about what's going on and, um, yeah, just asking for help and taking the time and just looking after yourself.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing. That's great insights and great advice. I appreciate that. Um, what is your, out of all the highlights you've had so far in your career and even your life that, what is the best highlight or the highlights that really stand out for you that you can recall?
1: Um, I think, to be honest with you, The biggest highlight for me would probably be the phone call when I got the real love boat Uh, because doing below deck Mediterranean for five years, it, I didn't like try and get into television. Um, I didn't try and, you know, work to get below deck med. It was kind of a, you know, circumstantial situation because I was already in yachting. Um, But Getting the phone call that uh, I was going to the med to film The Real Love Boat was such a pivotal part of my career because, you know, there's been probably about 100 crew members on Below Deck and you don't usually go from Below Deck into another show, so that was really amazing for me that people who are in the television industry had sat there, watched Below Deck, interviewed me and then decided that I was a good fit for a completely different show. So that was definitely my highlight.
0: Incredible. Um, What are your passions and hobbies aside from uh, the TV and the podcast? What do you like to do away from that, I guess?
1: So um, I think that beforehand, um, you know, before I had my daughter, before COVID, it was all about traveling. So whenever I would have to go to the States for work, I would always put on a trip to like Mexico or Belize or go across to France. So I was all about traveling before. And obviously, since having the little one, that's a lot more difficult now, Um but our biggest hobbies, you know, we live right near the beach in Sydney. So we just, you know, our kind of weekends revolve around going to the beach, watching her play in the water long lunches lots of cooking um I read a lot um and it always like you can always basically tell how my mental health is by what I'm reading I'm like (laughs) if you like catch me reading a Jackie Collins novel it means like I'm really stressed out and I need to kind of zone out and forget everything so um and then um we, we bought our house a year ago, so we moved in a year ago. So just kind of settling in here and just adapting to life after COVID and after baby.
0: Awesome. Where's your favourite place on all of Earth to travel to?
1: So I think it's emotional for me because the south of France was like my second home for 10 years, so that's definitely my favourite place. But it's also because, you know, I can, like, go to my favorite beach club and they know which beach lounger I like and I know like most of the staff there and um, it's just got all these beautiful little little, like hidden gems like Antibes and things like that these gorgeous old towns to walk through and I feel like there I'm at home so that would definitely be my favorite but I also love um, Tulum in Mexico but more Tulum in Mexico like 12 years ago uh I went two years ago it's changed a lot so um and then I'm I usually go to Thailand once a year and that is one of my favorite places in the world I just think the people are amazing the food's amazing the weather's amazing so I've
0: been I gave you
1: three sorry no,
0: no, no, <laughs> that's all right I've been to Mexico and I was actually just thinking in my head working out it's actually about 11 years I went there so yeah I love it, it there it's beautiful it's yeah beautiful. I
1: think I think it, it was maybe closer to 15 years ago that I went the first time, but it was kind of a little bit more of a hippie town like back then and it's like quite commercial now. So
0: yeah, Long
1: 15 years ago. If you can go back in time, go to Tulum.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 100%. Um, if you were 18 again and you could change anything in your life, what would you change?
1: That's a good question. You know what? I don't think anything because I'm a big believer in the butterfly effect. I I just think that, you know, the simple fact that like I was working in yachting, I decided I wanted a change, went to the States, did that job, didn't work out, and then I did Below Deck Med and that's completely shaped my life to go in a different direction. It's like if that boat had been a great boat that I was on and I just finished the season in America, then I never would have done below deck med, which means that my whole life would be different. So um, I think I'm very, very happy. I've got like such a beautiful and amazing husband. I definitely would not have chosen him when I was 25 because, You know, back then I liked narcissists and sociopaths. So (laughs) I just go like, and then I got the most beautiful daughter in the world. So it's kind of one of those things that I wouldn't change anything because I'm so happy with where, you know, I've ended up.
0: That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Hannah, thanks for joining the podcast. I've had a wonderful time chatting to you. I think it's amazing everything you've done and what you're doing. And yeah, I wish you all the best in all your future endeavors.
1: Thank you so much. It was so good to chat with you.
0: 100% thank you.